On this week's episode of the Apple Bits XL, Apple issues an iOS 17.03 update to address the iPhone 15 Pro overheating issues. I was just in New York covering the Google Pixel 8 Pro. Lots of takeaways from that. And the 12th anniversary of SJ's passing. All of that coming up. You know what time it is. Let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. It is episode 284. I know last week I did not post a audio podcast, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. If you weren't paying attention to my channel, I pumped out 11 videos in nine days over those days covering the iPhone announcements from Apple Campus, then my reviews. I still have more videos to pump out in regards to that. And then I had to fly out to New York to cover the Google Pixel event, which we will talk about. So I'm just going to tell you, I was tapped out and I just mentally couldn't get an episode out. So yes, we took a one-week break. I'll make up for it with some bonus content down the road, but I'm sure you all understand and you've been seeing me like, I'm just hustling my butt off. It is tech. Well, now it's officially Techtober. It was Techtember. So there's so many products. There's so many other things that I have to release for you all um, from a product standpoint. But just be patient. We'll get all to it. Obviously, I had to cover kind of the big stuff. And then uh, if we're talking about big things, although not directly related to Apple, I encourage you to check out my channel because I have a sit-down interview with Google CEO Sundar Pichai, and we talk about the dynamic of the iPhone ecosystem and what Google is trying to do or if they can do anything to address that and try and pull users away if if they can. He had some interesting insights. So look out for that. It was a really cool opportunity. So, hey, we're here. I just want to jump right into the show because there's so much that happened over the past week. The biggest thing, if you're an Apple user, if you're an iPhone 15 Pro owner, if you're someone who was looking to maybe get the new 15 Pro and 15 Pro Max, before I left for New York, I put out a video on my channel talking specifically about how, hey, I think this overheating issue that everyone was getting crazy mad about, at least the narrative was, was true, but was also overblown. And I took a pretty neutral, balanced approach to it. And I think people, for whatever reason, when you take a middle of the road approach, people will project on you and say, oh, you're you're uh, you know, an Apple simp. All you're doing is just you know catering to Apple. Wow, you're such a sellout. I saw all those comments. I saw other comments of people saying, hey, it's nice to see someone take a more measured approach. And all I said in is that the overheating is there's an over-exaggeration because you see the narrative that tech bloggers, everyone's like, my phone overheated. And there's a difference between overheating, being too hot to touch, what were you doing at the time, what temperature it is in your area, right? There's all these factors and just yelling out, my iPhone is overheating, and then people saying, oh my gosh, the iPhone is overheating. It's gonna be a lot more nuanced than that. And at the time, this was last week, Apple said, hey, we're gonna put out a, an update. And they did finally put out an update just a couple days ago. iOS 17.03, for those of you who have not uploaded, or sorry, downloaded the update, it is now out. And what reviewers have found is that not only has it decreased the temperature of these iPhone 15 Pros and 15 Pro Max, but another big concern is people are assuming, oh, Apple's gonna throttle the processor so it's not gonna work the same. And all indications show that performance of the iPhone after this update is still the same. 
And so I wasn't, when a company says, hey, we're going to, this is not a hardware issue. This is a software issue. We're going to address it. I'm going to give that company, whoever it is, whatever tech company is, the benefit of the doubt, because the reality that people, people like to throw their personal feelings into this. I don't know why all these companies, Samsung, Google, Apple, whoever, you name it, they're actually not deliberately trying to make a shitty product. They're trying to make the best product they can based on the budget constraints and the timetables they have, all of them. And so when you hear these people getting so mad, like, oh, they always make a crap thing. Oh, they always don't get it finished in time. It's like, okay, calm down. Let's just see how this plays out. And look, Apple could have released the update and it may not have actually addressed the issues, but from all reports and indications up to this point, and I gave it a few days before I did this podcast to talk about it, all reports are saying that the results are what people expect and hope to see. Now, ZDNet, they even took some thermal photos of the iPhone 15 Pro before the update came out. And at the time, you know, they they took different, they have a, it's like an infrared image, or it's a thermal image, I shouldn't, you know. And parts of the phone were 98.3 degrees, 107.1 degrees Fahrenheit, which which is pretty hot. But after the iOS 17.03, what they call their warmest test, so they were running all these things, the highest temperature was not 107.1 anymore. The highest peak temperature they could find anywhere on the phone running a TOTUS was 93.8. Um, and then they have another area that was previously, the measurement that I said was 98.3. They showed another measurement, 91 degrees. So technically, the update has dropped the temperature of the phone roughly 13 to 14 degrees, which is really a significant difference. Performance of the phone, based on all benchmark tests, have shown that there is little to no variance compared to the pre-update benchmarks. and so. I would like to, unless something happens, just squash this. Because when Apple last week said, hey, we're going to address this. This is not a hardware issue. Because once, it's wild how fast the internet just jumps on things. It just can't wait. I mean, we, I jokingly called it a hot take when you have some of our tech peers saying, oh, my phone's overheating. This is horrible. I'm, you know, it's so hot. And again, there's a lot of variables that happen that you have to factor into. And then when a lot of people... The reality is that when you buy an iPhone and when you set it up that first day or two, it does actually run pretty hot because it's indexing, it's processing, it's uploading all the files from your previous phone onto the new phone. That's normal. And it does get it does get hot. It doesn't get nuclear hot where it's impossible to touch. But after they make a big old brouhaha, you don't hear them follow up and say, no, it's fine. And what I found in the comments of my video, I wanted the people like you to respond of how hot is it getting is it too hot to touch? Is the Did it get warm at first and then it went away? I would say an overwhelming majority, maybe arguably 90 to 95% of people just said, oh, it either didn't get hot at all or it got hot on the first day and then later on, uh, first day or two, and then it was fine. That, But the reports are like, iPhone 15 Pro's overheating. So, you know, sometimes you got to dig into it, let things happen and what I can say is the news looks good that the latest update addresses all the issues that people were worried about. And the iOS 17.03 beta has delivered and 
cool down these phones. And Apple did acknowledge that, yeah, there was a software bug. We also had third-party apps. I don't know if I have to really give it a shot. Like, I don't like to spend lots of time on Instagram, so I guess I'll try. And that that was one of the culprits of certain third-party apps were get running really hot. I don't know if you've ever run Uber in the past on your phone, not even a 15 Pro, like on a 14 Pro and a 13 Pro. It gets hot. So this software update potentially addresses that. So, you know, if you have any comments on that, love to hear them. You know how to be a part of the show. All you got to do is either write in or record a voice memo. Send it into Show at gmail.com. That's AppleBits with a Z, and I will include it. But I do think the the noise and the narrative was a lot louder than the actual reality. And guess what? I think reality sometimes matters. Also in that video, I talked about how I'm honestly not, I've never been, and I've never been outspoken about it until recently. And again, I'll get people that come at me, but this whole idea of these damage and drop tests just to find out when it might when these phones for whatever brand but it always typically is iphone because it gets the most eyeballs you know how this idea of like the the titanium iphone is less durable than the four than the 14 pro the 15 pro is weaker than the 14 pro and you know you have these tests where people are dropping them and dropping them multiple times and even after three or four drops they still didn't break and they kept on dropping it until they finally broke and then they say oh because the 15 Pro broke first, it's less durable. And there's so many variables of how your phone drops, where it drops, the side, the angle. I, I For me, in the past one time, I think it was with the iPhone 10, I dropped it and it shattered on the very first drop. And I'm like, no. Then I got a replacement and I dropped that replacement five or six times and it never broke. And so it's hard to always say, oh, this is an absolute, but... The reality is that if you drop your phone without a case, you can't expect that many good things to happen. But if you keep on dropping a phone multiple times, the integrity is going to be different in different spots because you're not dropping it the same way. And to just say, oh, it's it's not as strong. It's like, who's dropping their phone 15 times from over six feet? Like, what's the highest that most of us drop our phone? Really? Three or four feet ever? Um, you also have, obviously, look, uh, people were not happy that I said this. But I have no shade against creators that are making these videos, but there's a point where if you're trying to destroy a phone, you're going to destroy it. So Jerry Rigg has an incredible reputation. He does amazing videos. But whenever he does the bend test, and it's like, oh, it, it, the glass shattered. And even if it shattered more easily than previous ones, if you're, how many of us have actually literally bent our phone in half? Like, have, If you put your phone in your back pocket and you sit on it and you forget, don't expect good things to happen. But even at that, it's like bending your phone in half is completely unnatural. Even where you, the tension that you put on it, the, it's it's just not. And then to say, oh, it's so much weaker. And everyone, you know, kind of takes it to an extreme. Like, it's so much weaker. I haven't seen people complaining after those videos that their iPhone is weaker. It It's these moments when these products come out and everyone starts like buzzing about and just kind of creating these narratives. And I'm just like, ugh. It's maybe it's because I've been around it a lot. It can be exhausting to see and then hearing people really jump on board with that narrative. And when someone came up to me and said, hey, did you hear the 15 Pro Titanium is so much weaker than the 14 Pro? And I said, hold up, let's let's not get too wrapped up about this. And so I have a case on my phones. I've personally, up to this point, 
never had a phone break that at least had a case on it. Now, I know that people have had phones where their phones have screens have shattered with a case on because it depends on how it drops. But up to date, up to this point, I know I personally have never had a phone shatter or break that has had a case on it so far. Knock on wood. Watch in the next week. It's going to be like, yeah, I broke my phone. But, you know, a case can help. It definitely helps. But that even those don't guarantee that your phone is going to be completely immune. So I don't know what you think about that. You can either agree with me or not. The the comments on the video got pretty spicy, but my take has always been if we're covering technology and if we really truly love technology, there are some people that are just chasing the views to do these drop tests, but I will never do a kind of like destroy this, what it took to destroy this iPhone and then claim, oh, it's weaker than that. If you're out to destroy something, it's going to break. And to me, I love tech. Why am I going to deliberately try to destroy it just for a video? That's my stance. And my everyone has a different take on that. But these things are thousands of dollars. You can do whatever you want with your money if that makes you happy, but you're just going to you're just going to just destroy a, a phone just cuz? I mean, I guess the motivation is for views, but come on. Come on, guys. Anyways, agree or disagree? That's my take, and I'm sticking with it there. So we talked about the iOS 17.03 update that is out. I'd love to hear what you guys and gals think about it, if it did address some of those issues. I never had any heating issues other than day one and two when, actually more like just day one when my phone was updating. But Apple's also released the new iOS 17.1 beta for both developers and publicly, and it adds a few new twists. You've got a new way to kind of deal with Apple Music favorites. You can now like star a song, an artist, um, even from the lock screen. And then it helps with song suggestions that, you know, the favorites that you pick, it just offer you get more collaborative playlists. And, um, you know, this is part of the beta right now. You have airdrop over the internet that has been switched on. Now, this is remember, if you start an airdrop with someone nearby and then you walk away, it'll use your cellular or Wi-Fi connection and continue to upload that file if you decide to break up or separate. I think I love that feature. That's really cool. I mean, sometimes there's some pretty massive files. Also, the ability to use or take advantage of double tap on the Apple Watch, that feature has officially not been rolled out, but it is enabled with iOS 17.1. And in conjunction with that, you update the Apple Watch app uh, or uh, sorry, update your Apple Watch to Watch OS 10.1, which is also in beta testing. And then you'll be able to turn on the settings in the Apple Watch app to use Double Tap. I think Double Tap is awesome. But like you, if you heard in our last review video where I had Raymond Wong on here, uh, I I really, 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 really like it. But it's still, I wouldn't update just for that. That, you know, I'm still good on my Series 7. And I have an Ultra as well, but I wear my Series 7 all the time. That's my main driver. And I'm I'm good. I'm honestly really good. So, But I do love Double Tap, and I can't wait. I think I don't feel the urgency where it's, this is revolutionary, but man, it's really convenient in a lot of situations. But I just don't want to throw down for a brand new stainless steel watch, which I think is close to like 800 bucks or more, if I recall right. Is it 1000 I think it's more like 799 ish I can't remember. You can correct me, but I'm going to wait for the Apple Watch Series 10. I think that's that's really where we're going to see something more significant and more special. 
Also in iOS 17.1, you have 17.1, the beta. You have a new display section um, in the standby section of the settings app. So you can have some new customizations. You can have the displays set to turn off automatically after 20 seconds or never. That's in standby mode. So you can check that out. The books app, there's a reading now section in the Apple books app that has now been renamed to read now. And then dynamic island gets a little love. If you use your flashlight, the dynamic island tells you that the flashlight is on or the flashlight is off. You also get controller support from the Nintendo Switch N64 controller. It now works with iOS 17.1 and will once 17.1 officially rolls out. So you have some different options. Also a photo shuffle. This is a lock screen option. You can set a specific album of photos that will be shown on the lock screen and shuffle through uh, instead of just letting kind of Apple predetermine predetermine it, which has been in the past. You can pick an album and shuffle photos for your... That's cool. I I really enjoy the wallpapers. I enjoy customizing them and making them. I know it's not a game changer and it's not, oh, you've got to get it. But iOS 17.1, obviously just some little bells and whistles here. I think another big one here with specifically with iPhone 15 models, Apple added a toggle that uh, prevents some of your devices from charging past 80% just in order to keep the battery healthy for a longer period of time. So in iOS 17, you could ignore this setting and then just charge past 80%, but that no longer happens with the with the second beta update that's out right now. So I, I've, I've seen some people like freak out, like, oh, it's only charging 80%. They're, they're actually kind of doing that deliberately as an option so that your the health of your battery is okay. So double tap, I don't know how much, if many of you have played with this, I'd love to hear what you all think about it because yes, there was a double tap feature in the accessibility and you could like clench your fist and navigate through the menus. It is, it does operate differently. The cool thing about double tap is it it's always active and it's really the most kind of the top of mind feature of an app that pops up. I love when I get a message I can double tap and voice respond and send it away. Uh, calls, you can obviously accept and hang up. There's just a lot of cool little things. Even taking a photo, right? You remember how you can actually control taking a photo from your Apple Watch with your iPhone if it's like on a ledge or a tripod and you know, you're trying to take a family photo. You just double tap your fingers on the camera app and it, it takes it for you. Like there are some really cool subtle things. Uh, have a security doorbell. When someone comes by, I see a notification and then I can double tap and basically it sends an audio message like, hey, thanks, please leave the package at the door. There's just a lot of little cool things. And third-party apps do have to build in support for it, but it, it's useful. It's just not, I got to get a new Apple Watch useful because these Apple Watches are already so good. Also, another news around, you know, we just talked about iOS 17.1's beta, but we're going to jump back to the iPhone. If you have a new iPhone 15 and I believe it affects potentially, is it just, just the 15s or 15 and 15 Pro? Well, either way, if you have one and drive a BMW, reports are saying, hey, you might want to avoid charging the device with the vehicle's wireless charging pad for now because over the past week or so, some BMW owners have actually complained and said their iPhone 15's NFC chip no longer works after they charge the device um, on the BMW specific wireless charging pad in the car so even it's forced some iphones to go into the data recovery mode with a white screen and then the nfc chip is no longer functional after the device reboots 
We don't know if it is really truly like frying the NFC chip, but it is definitely breaking the connection. Um, some customers say Apple replaced their iPhone after confirming that the NFC chip has failed. Um, but then replacement is also vulnerable to the same issue. There is currently no permanent solution. And so if your NFC chip is dead, basically you can't use your phone for Apple Pay or any of those type of authentications. I would just say if you are fancy schmancy, I mean, you know, you drive that BMW, don't use the wireless charger right now. Now, most of the complaints so far have come from 15 Pro and 15 Pro Max users. So I just want to make that clear. It is 15 Pro and 15 Pro Max. Um, The 15 and 15 Plus are also reportedly affected, but just letting you know, don't put your iPhone 15 anything on the wireless charging pad for a BMW. And if that's inconvenient, I'm sorry, but it's better than frying your NFC chip. And then just to kind of wrap things up here, you know, this this week on October the 5th, it was the 12th anniversary of Steve Jobs' passing. And Tim Cook wrote a message on Twitter. I mean, 12 years, man, time flies. And he wrote this on Twitter. Thinking back on a pioneer who challenged conventions, a visionary who changed the world, a mentor and a friend, we miss you, Steve. And then there was an image of SJ on it. I just think it's wild to see the transformation. We know how iconic and legendary SJ you know, was for Apple. And in a different way, Tim Cook has totally transformed Apple as well. I mean, it's quite incredible now when you look at it and some people are going to say, oh, Apple's not innovating enough. And guess what? I'll tell you this right now. If everyone, the, this is how strong the ecosystem is. There's so many people that complain about Apple not innovating enough. But if you really were mad about it, if you really, really hate, like hated it as much as you say or come off with all that heat, you would leave, the, you would leave Apple and get another phone. But you're not. And so since people are not doing that, guess what? Apple can slow play this because of the power of the ecosystem. I'm guilty of that, but I'm not going to I'm not one who's going to bitch and moan and get mad at Apple when they're taking their sweet time because I'm contributing to it, right? We all are. And would we would we have liked to see a 5X optical zoom a long time ago on an iPhone, not just a Pro Max? A 15 Pro Max? Absolutely. Would we like to see a 10X optical zoom on an iPhone, which Samsung has had for three or four years? Absolutely. But it it was an option. You, you just didn't leave. And so because they have this power over us, and ultimately we are, as the consumers, decide how much we want to spend and where our money goes and if we stay or leave. If everyone, if, if 30% of Apple's market share left to go to android guess guess what they'd be innovating a lot faster it's a fact you can't tell me they wouldn't but apple sees the turnover apple sees the upgrade cycles and apple knows what they're doing they have all the numbers and guess what it's working for them they're what a a trillion dollar company now they're just sitting on piles of money and tim cook has elevated this company in a different way in ways that I think SJ's thinking and SJ's philosophies from a value standpoint, from a numbers 
company value standpoint would not have been the same. I mean, if SJ had it his way, we would have never had two different size iPhones. We would have had that one singular iPhone that everyone wanted to get. But that strategy by Tim Cook has worked. We have, I think typically we have like four or five or six iPhones available at one time. You look at what Tim Cook did with the Apple Watch. That was under Tim Cook's watch. The Apple Watch is the most successful smartphone, the most popular smartphone. And from all indications, the reason why the Apple Watch doesn't need to be upgraded as often as well, Apple sees the data. Two-thirds of people who purchase an Apple Watch are first-time users still to this day. We don't have the exact numbers, but rough reports peg that maybe around 20 to 25% of actual iPhone users own an Apple Watch, which means there's still so much room for that market to grow, really. I haven't updated my Apple Watch since the Series 7. I think that's when they got the larger screen size. Most people have not upgraded their Apple Watch for maybe even four or five years. And it does what they need it to do. And it does get a little incrementally better, but we'll see what happens with the Series 10. And I've talked about this a lot. Really, the next big jump is whenever that blood sugar sensor finally makes it into the Apple Watch, that could be three years, five years away. That is going to be a huge moment in the Apple Watch. And whoever, even if another manufacturer, based on the the number of units sold and market penetration, even if another uh, company gets, somehow gets their own blood sugar glucose monitor, but it doesn't look like anyone is else is truly working towards getting that because it's so difficult, because it's so tricky. And then it's, okay, the data that it pulls from, what recommendations can you actually give without technically giving medical advice, but more like, uh, we're seeing some trends, maybe you should go get yourself checked in, right? There's a fine line with that, with approval from the FDA when it comes to health and things like that. So the Apple Watch is a big deal. The Apple Vision Pro I'm not saying it's going to sell tons of units for its first time around, but Apple's committed to this thing for multiple rodeos, and this is another product that's going to be under Tim Cook's watch. We have to finally give, like not finally, but we have to give him credit where credit is due as well. They have both run Apple in in arguably completely different ways, and Tim Cook has the legacy of Apple, but this they've, they've locked people more into the ecosystem than at any other time. And that Apple Vision Pro is the ultimate ecosystem product where they're going to have its you know, tentacles touching different products like the iPhone, like the AirPods, like iCloud. Um, there's a lot of different ways, Apple Watch, there's a lot of different ways that that is almost another next level manifestation of where the ecosystem could go next and also a new computing platform and a new entertainment platform. It has the potential to do a lot of great things. And from a technology standpoint, there is no headset like it out on the market today. Um, I just need them to make it more comfy <laughs> and wireless and so that I can wear it longer. I mean, sorry, it is wireless, but what I'm trying to say is as a wireless option, it just needs to be more comfortable. So we celebrate SJ. I mean, incredible. Obviously, if you've watched my content over the years, I've had plenty of stories interacting with them when I worked at the Apple store in Palo Alto. Um, and that was Apple's second retail store at the time when retail, when Apple opened their first retail store, what Tyson's corner and then Palo Alto, those were the first two, but gateway had been shutting down stores. Even Apple going into retail was looked at potent, not even potentially 
there were plenty of skeptics are saying, oh, what, what is Apple doing? This is not going to work. And then they ended up becoming, what is it? Per, per square foot, the most valuable retail uh, company out there. I don't know if that still holds true, but I definitely know for years they said per square footage, Apple retail is the most valuable retail you know, um, operation out there. So we know how SJ has helped guide, lead, and revolutionize so many different product, product categories, but Apple Post SJ is doing pretty darn nice. Whether you agree with it, like the pace of innovation that they're doing it at or not, it doesn't matter. The numbers are there. So if there's a certain point where you've got to get over. I actually know. I can't tell you that. Everyone's going to be up in their feelings about different things. But I hope that you can maybe take a step back and just treat this as, you know, the Tim Cook era is totally different, but has been arguably just as successful, but in different ways. And guess what? They're different CEOs, and that's how it's kind of supposed to be. But the longevity of Apple is incredible. That's why we get to talk about these amazing things. That's why we get to have fun. We have a passion for tech. I've said it before, but Steve Jobs and Apple is clearly responsible for a lot of the passion in tech that many of us have today. It's just a fact. So I'm thankful and I'm grateful that I'm able to talk about this stuff, that you listen and follow about some of my insights around this stuff because it's incredible. Like, wow, technology. And it continues to change and transform our, our lives. And that's why I think that I don't know what's going to happen with the Apple Vision Pro. I still, you know, everyone's not going to be wearing a headset anytime soon, but it's going to do, it's going to change things a little bit for starting price of 3499 bucks. Ah, still too crazy. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for hanging out and listening. You know, we got to give props to our Patreon Apple supporters at the Platinum Apple level, the $100 level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, Atari Koenigsegg, and Gregory Ford. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you to all of you who continue to support my content, new Patreon subscribers and more. Uh, you really allow me to keep on doing this, and I'm so grateful. So, yes, I did miss a week, but I just hope that you all understand I was freaking grind. Like when I say grinding, we're talking about like late nights, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., back to back to back to back. As a one-man operation, that's how you do it. That's just the way it is. And to, to be honest, I'm I'm looking to potentially bring someone on in June of 2024. And I think that hopefully you will all notice if that happens, the output, the quality of content, like more and more, you have all supported me for so long. And I just want to keep on doing some great things. So if you haven't already and you're curious about the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash Tong. It starts at $2 per month. We've got early access to content, exclusive rewards, and a completely ad-free version of the show. Guess what? This podcast had no ads, so that's why it's smooth as butter. You don't have to hear it. But for all the other episodes, you don't listen to anything like that at all. We do a monthly Patreon Zoom live stream, and then we have a new Closure Rings challenge with some really cool rewards coming up. And uh, as we gear towards 2024, there's going to be something special that we're going to do because that'll be, I guess, the six-year anniversary of me being independent. But, you know, you guys have done so much for me, so I'm going to do something big for you all. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's episode. We're going to be back here, same bat time, same bat channel. Take care. Thanks for hanging out. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. <laughs>